KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. This is really an unprecedented moment for all of us as we live through and deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, A lot of people are dealing with a lot of loss on some level for the most part. Obviously, when you lose something, you want to grieve for. But what if you're in a moment that the rules for grieving are different or maybe even thrown out the window? Uh, It's a difficult situation. We wanted to talk to somebody who has a history of dealing with people or helping people deal with grief and uh, get her thoughts on, on where we go from here. So we checked in with Dr. Rachel Daltrey, the director of the Counseling Center at Westchester University, and talked to her about this extraordinary moment we're all experiencing. So let's start, this is kind of, not kind of, it's an unprecedented moment, I think, for just about everybody that's alive right now. From your field, from your expertise, what is a message you would want to get through to people dealing with everything they're dealing with in this moment? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is probably understanding that this is normal to be struggling right now. It's normal to feel uncertain. It's normal to feel uncomfortable. It's normal to feel loss and grief. We're really kind of experiencing as a whole nation, as a whole world, this collective loss of the world that we knew, uh, that we have a new normal now. And we're not quite sure what that looks like and what that means for that. So I think it's understanding that we are in this place of uncertainty and it's gonna be hard. In your conversations with people, what are the most prevalent emotions you seem to think people are experiencing here? Probably there's the top two. I think a lot of anxiety. Uh, When there is uncertainty, people experience a lot of anxiety, normal anxiety. Uh, Those of us who, you know, experience clinically significant anxiety, that's even more um, about what's going to happen, where the the world's going to be, how are we going to manage these things. Um, The other piece is a lot of loss. There's a lot of grief and loss people are experiencing Um, not just related to physical human death, but like the death of something. So the death of work, the death of sports, the death, the the ending of those things right now and the loss of those things right now um, and not being sure when we're going to be able to get them back. So I think that that anxiety piece and a lot of grief. We hear a lot of stories about people dying and loved ones can't be there. Uh, I've read a lot of stories about funerals where it's maybe like almost a drive-by funeral or a walk-by. Have you heard of people utilizing kind of unusual ways to honor someone's life during these times? Yeah, I'm hearing about people trying to use technology as much as they can to to stay connected in these moments, to either uh, live stream a memorial or a funeral um, or, or keeping it and then showing it uh, or sharing it with friends, um, either personally or through social media. Um, and, and people, I think connection is a, a physical connection is a thing that, that we don't really have a lot of right now. And so people are trying to do the best they can with that, especially around these losses and these um, deaths and, and memorials and funerals of how can we still stay connected and, and provide that support. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of things done virtually. 
going along with that, and you mentioned physical connection. It seems to me when you think about the the process of working through grief, and in this specific, obviously talking about losing a loved one or losing a, a close friend, a lot of the grieving process, am I wrong? It seems like it's driven by touch, a hug, holding a hand, a hand on a shoulder. <laughs> so does this moment, despite all the technology, does it lead in a way to kind of an almost incomplete grieving process or am I making that too simplistic? No, I, I would I would agree that there is this incomplete loss, um, especially for people who have lost someone and they can't be there, um, that there that it feels like there's this incompleteness um, that's there and, and not getting that full touch. You know, I think humans, most humans really appreciate that touch. And if they don't like being physically touched, just being in the same space as other people can feel really holding and feel really connecting in that way. Um, and I think that just makes it a lot more complicated to not be able to have that physical presence of, of other beings um, and that physical touch. So we talk about an incomplete grieving process. How does that complicate life going forward? Because it's not just, oh, well, didn't get to do that. We move on. I mean, this sticks with you. What are concerns you have kind of in the large picture for people that maybe had to say goodbye to a mother or a father in this way and how they deal with it going forward? Yeah, I guess one of my biggest concerns is that um, I think a lot of people are kind of just holding on. I, I feel like we're in crisis mode. It's kind of like the the boat has capsized and we're treading water in the ocean. Um, and we don't realize how tired we are and, and we don't realize how depleted we are until we get on dry land. Um, and so I think a lot of people are holding a lot of things um, and they don't really have the space to be able to talk about it, communicate it, feel it, acknowledge it, because they're just trying to hold on. Um, so I think when we kind of hit that dry land, so to speak, uh, people are going to feel a lot and, and experience a lot. Um, I worry a lot about our uh, first line responders, our healthcare. Um, they're holding a lot and kind of we're going to have to really take care of them and each other, you know, when the pandemic kind of slows down and, and we kind of get back to the, the normal. You mentioned first responders, and I think the only time in my lifetime that first responders were kind of put on the a grand scale where everyone was so focused on them was 9-11. Are there lessons in grief from 9-11 that could help people through what we're going now? Yeah, I think some of the big lessons is um, in 9-11, there was a lot of research done following first responders and PTSD. And, you know, some of the research showed the people that weren't crying were the people who suffered the most um, mental health difficulty as a result of it because they weren't experiencing those things. So I think thinking about how we care for the people who may not be showing it, uh, may not be showing that distress, and how do we care for them, um, both physically and mentally. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm hoping that we can pay special attention to that and um, pay extra care to them and not just value them in these moments of crisis, but hopefully value them ongoing. I feel like even before this, we were only starting to ascend on a grand scale of understanding the importance of mental health and the importance of kind of self-care and all that. Do you feel like this moment, if there's a positive, maybe it could accelerate everybody's understanding of the importance of having somebody to talk to, that it's okay to not be okay, stuff like that, maybe stuff that was in certain corners kind of frowned upon will become more universally accepted? I really hope so. Uh, I'm always optimistic about that and that becoming more of a norm and a more part of like 
no, we actually need this and this is really important. Um, and not even just, you know, specific mental health care providers, but just how we care for one another. Um, I think in times like this, there's kind of that initial surge and then it kind of dies down and people kind of get back to everyday life. Um, I'm hoping this surge continues and it's, it's a continued focus. Um, so we can kind of do better planning and preparation moving forward. Um, so we just care for each other and care for our mental health and our overall well-being um, and make it make it more normal to to talk about those things and to support one another and just to experience feelings. I think, you know, a lot of these, as I was saying, grief and loss isn't going to go anywhere anytime soon. Uh, those things are going to need to be continued to be cared for. Are you worried at all? about what the nation will look like on the other side of this, just kind of because we've talked to, this is all-encompassing. It's not just human loss. It's financial loss. It's the loss of a moment you're never going to get back for, say, a senior in high school or stuff like that. Uh, Are you worried or are you optimistic of once we get through this, how we'll come out the other side? I think I'd both. Um, I think one thing is being a mental health provider is learning how to hold both of those things, uh, learning how to, to hold the scary and the uncertain and the worry while also holding on to the optimism and that positivity and, and the hope of, okay, I can recognize and I can say, yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about what's going to happen and, and what the world's going to look like. And I can also say, I'm also optimistic that we'll get through it and we'll figure it out. Um, I think humans are very resilient. And I think people are amazing. And I think people have the capability to figure things out and get through it. It's just going to be really hard to get through that and and to get through those points. And as someone who's made a career of counseling, helping others, how are you handling everything? Yeah, I'm trying to take my own advice in a lot of ways and to take those moments of um, allowing myself to feel everything and, and to acknowledge all my feelings. Um, it's an interesting place to be because, um, part of my job is holding other people's feelings. And I also have to really balance about holding my own feelings because some of the things that people are talking to me about, I'm also scared about, um, and, and how to find that balance. So my self-care has uh, been ratcheted up a lot. Um, so I can make sure I'm holding my stuff and I'm helping other people hold their stuff as well. Has there been anything that has surprised you about this moment? Maybe things that people... You're surprised at certain things that people are anxious about or surprised that they're not anxious about, surprised with how certain people are responding? Because it's such an unprecedented moment. There's not really a playbook for this. No, there certainly isn't a playbook. Um, It's not too much surprising because I think we go back to our human nature in a lot of ways. And and that's a lot of part of what I've studied and, and been involved in. I think people are being human. I think we see the best in people, we see the worst in people, and we see all the in-between. Um, so it's not as surprising to me for some people to be really struggling. And it's not as surprising for some people to be like, okay, this is this is fine. Like, I'm all right. I'm, I'm getting through. Um, so it's, it seems like to me, people are responding how people typically respond in these situations. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth Podcast. 
Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. Thank you.